This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet and you can access those products there. So support a black author, guys. You can go out, get those products. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You can catch this show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. Let's jump right into the show, everybody. The NFL is back. The National Football League has started its season once again with limited fan participation and on the very first nationally televised football game of the year in a primetime spot. You had two of the NFL's brightest stars, two young black quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs and Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. <clears throat> there I go again, guys. Speaking too fast. Let me slow it down. Going head to head in the first game of the NFL year, they did things a little differently this year. They did the national anthem. Well, actually, first, before they did the national anthem, they did lift every voice and sing. I believe they're they're going to be doing that before every NFL game this year. First, it's going to be lift every voice and sing. Then it's going to be the national anthem. Then they're going to kick the ball off. But on the very first game, after they did lift every voice and sing and the national anthem, the players decided they were going to come together and lock arms in a show of unity against racial injustice. They wanted to show that, hey, we as players of the NFL across racial lines we all stand against racial injustice and when they did that this happened thank you oh you could hear the booze Not that many people in the stands. They were in Kansas City. To my understanding, they were only running at about 30% capacity. I believe they said the fan count was a little over 17,000, which is nothing for NFL games, 17,000 fans. That's that's nothing at all. That's probably even below 30%. But you could hear the boos. Well, the first thing I thought of is, well, I guess it wasn't really about the flag after all. You know, over the last four years, you had Colin Kaepernick, you had Eric Reid, you had other players, most notably Colin Kaepernick, kneeling, protesting the national anthem for in favor of social justice, of racial inequality to end systematic racism, white supremacy. 
and people booed and they told him to get out the country and they they told us that they were protesting against America. They were protesting against the military. They were protesting against the first responders. They were protesting against this country. And if they don't like this country, they need to leave. Well, I guess they proved that was a lie. Because this most recent show of players locking arms to stand against racial injustice, that didn't have anything to do with the flag. They were standing. There was no national anthem being played. This was a show of unity against racial injustice and the fans booed. They booed. Which pretty much proves the point. They always knew it was not about the military. It was not about first responders. It wasn't about the police department. It wasn't about a flag. They always knew it was really about protesting against racial injustice. And what they're telling you is, yeah, we lied. We lied. We we knew it all along. We blackballed cap. And we threw up all these fake narratives and this propaganda. But we, we knew the truth all along. I've said on this broadcast many times, white people are not ignorant. Racist people are not ignorant. You cannot keep a system of oppression going through ignorance. It has to be planned calculated and executed by people who are very smart and not ignorant. Okay, they're experts, which goes with today's theme, today's thing. What we're really going to be talking about today is ain't you tired? That's what I'm calling today's show. Ain't you tired? Ain't you tired of being lied to? Ain't you tired of arguing? Ain't you tired of hear people spin false narratives to try to make you think something is what you know it is not? Case in point, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee to protest racial injustice. Oh, he's protesting America. He's protesting against the military. Maybe he should leave the country. All these NFL players, these sons of bitches, they need to get out of here if they hate this country. The NFL players are telling you, hey, man, this ain't nothing to do with the country. We don't have nothing to do with the military. This is about, you know, black people being mistreated based on race. That, that's what we don't like. No, 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 no. You hate, you, you hate America. You hate the military. You hate the police. You hate the fire department. You hate school teachers. You hate puppies. You hate apple pie. Uh, you know, you're a, 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 a radical leftist, Antifa anarchist. And you're the reason why America's bad. So we need to protest you. So you need to be boycotted and you need to get the hell up out the NFL to never return again because you're just bad for America. Like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Ain't you tired? Ain't you tired of the Fox News? I'll say your name. Fox News. Ain't you tired? Ain't you tired of Sean Hannity? People like Candace Owens. Trying to spin a narrative that you know is not true. That doesn't make sense. Ain't you ain't you tired of people spewing their anti anti black racism through BS narratives that are just flights of fancy? This 
this to try to justify harming black people? Ain't you just tired of being lied to? You gotta be. This also happened a few days ago doing a presidential town hall with incumbent. Is that the, am I saying that right? Incumbent? Well, the current president, maybe incumbent is not the right word. This is the unprocessed knowledge podcast. I should have done a little knowledge before I said that. I think I used the wrong word there, guys. Current president, Donald Trump, uh, he said this question on this subject from Pastor Carl Day. He's from Philadelphia, voted for Jill Stein last time. It's a clip courtesy of ABC News. How you doing, Mr. President? Good. Uh, you've coined the phrase, make America great again. Right. When has America been great for African Americans in the ghetto of America? Are you aware of how tone deaf that comes off to African American community? Well, I can say this. We have tremendous African-American support. You've probably seen it in the polls. We're doing extremely well with uh, African-American, Hispanic-American at levels that you've rarely seen a Republican have. Uh, If you talk about make America great, uh, if you look at just prior to, and I'm talking about for the black community, you look just prior to this horrible situation coming in from China, when the virus came in, that was the probably the highest point. Home ownership for the black community. Home ownership, uh, lower crime, the best jobs they've ever had, highest income, the best employment numbers they've ever had. If you go back and you want to look over many years, you could just go back six or seven months from now. That was the best single moment in the history of the African-American people in this country, I think, you know, I would say. Well, I mean, your statement is, though, make it great again. So historically, uh, the African-American experience, especially in these out of these ghettos that have been out of red line, uh, historically, these ghettos that have systemically been set yes, up and treated yes. the way that they have been, the conditions of the drugs, the guns, and everything else that actually created the symptoms yeah. for what we see uh, that you profess to be just the democratic cities than themselves uh these things have historically been happening for african-americans in these ghettos and we have not been seeing uh, a change uh quite frankly under your administration under the Obama's administration under the bush under the clinton the very same things happen and the very same systems and cycles continue to continue to ensue and we need to see because uh, you say again we need to see when was that great? Because that pushes us back to a time in which we cannot identify with such greatness. And I mean, you've said everything else about choking and everything else, but you have yet to address and acknowledge okay. that there's been a race problem in America. So if you go, well, I hope there's not a race problem. I can tell you there's none with me because I have great respect for all races, for everybody. This country is great because of it. But when you go. <clears throat> Two things that were said there that we need to discuss. During the president's um, response to that question, when when has America ever been great for black people in this country? He went on to say, well, during the last four years, black people have had it the best they've ever had it. Crime was at an all time low. Jobs was at an all time high. Everybody was doing great. That's interesting because over the last four years of his presidency himself, and the people at Fox News have constantly talked about how horrible crime has been amongst the black people in Chicago, how violent they are and how the president needs to restore law and order in these inner cities. Remember, he's a law and order president. Now, he needs to get, you know, what's, what's, what's wrong with the black people in Chicago and all this crime? Oh, my goodness. All these shootings. Wow. 
all those drive-bys. Wow, all those, all those, all, all that's black on black crime. Somebody should do something about it. That's what they, that's what they've been saying the last four years. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying, well, crime has been at an all-time low amongst black folks ever since I've been in the office. They've been doing wonderful. They've been doing great ever since the, you know, before this terrible pandemic, which which we have no control over, before that hit, you know, black folks was living their best life. But they, that has not been their constant message over the last four years. So which one is it? Audience, do, do your homework on this one. You, you, you tell me which one is it? Has crime been at an all-time high over the last four years or has it been out of control? But the fact of the matter is this. At the drop of the hat, they'll change the narrative. They'll spend the next four years telling you how crime in the inner cities is out of control and how we got to get these black people in order and how we need to restore, restore law and order. And then they'll turn around and change it and be like, no, crime's been at an all time high. Everything's been great. What are you talking about? Once again, ain't you tired? Ain't you tired of just hearing it? <laughs> Am I the only one just tired of the lies? Am I the only one who's just tired of people saying whatever they want to say to justify their anti-black racism? But when you need black people, when you need a black person to vote for you, then it's like, oh, no, I've been great for black people. Black people have been doing so good under me. Just just support me and you'll continue to do good. But then when it's time to justify your anti-black hatred, oh, my, this black on black crime. Whoo, man, it's out of control. Chicago. How many people got shot? Oh, send in the military. We got to get these niggers under control right now. They are just running rampant. I know I'm sick of it. And I got a feeling I'm going to get even sicker because the presidential election is in full swing. They started off with the town halls this week. The debates are coming soon. Traditionally, they 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 do three presidential debates and one vice presidential debate. So I already know that racial justice is going to be at the forefront of this particular election. And I'm all I'm ready for the lies to start raining down on both sides on both sides let's let's keep it real both sides lie especially when it comes to race and i'm talking about racial justice racial equality systematic racism white supremacy what america not only was built on but what it maintains to this very day i'm ready for people i'm ready for both of them to get up there and la 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 and unfortunately i gotta listen to it because i do this program so you know it's part of my job part of what i do but if you're not sick of it i damn sure am and of course this happened well the left unequivocally condemns any type of murder, whether it's committed by someone on the left or the right, doesn't matter, it should be condemned. Seems like the right wing only cares about the police getting ambushed and shot to death. 
if they suspect the perpetrator is someone who's associated with Black Lives Matter. Now, just a few months ago in June, June 6 to be exact, in Northern California, two members of the Boogaloo Boys ambushed police officers and shot and killed them. And I don't remember Candace Owens freaking out about it, but Candace Owens did decide to use a recent story of two LA sheriff's deputies who were also ambushed. Luckily, they survived to make a point about you know athletes that she doesn't like because you know if she's not picking on LeBron James, how is she going to get paid? Let's take a look at what she had to say in a tweet. She writes, "Why does this happen? Because." P-brained celebrities that are idolized like LeBron James tell young black men that they are literally being hunted. This is the natural result of such hyperbolic dishonest rhetoric. The racist anti-police Black Lives Matter lie is to blame. That clip courtesy of the Young Turks. So LeBron James has been in the NBA bubble on the campus of Disney World down in Orlando, Orlando, Florida for almost three months. But two police officers get shot in Compton, California, uh, Los Angeles, which is in California. Two police officers get shot and it's LeBron James fault. Both officers did survive. They were not fatally wounded. They both officers were ambushed and shot in their car, but they both did survive. But Candace Owens makes the statement saying, well, this sort of thing happened because of LeBron James speaking out against social injustice. LeBron James has never told anyone to go out and do anything violent. LeBron James has never you know, con- condoned or perpetrated any violence against anyone, let alone a police officer. But because LeBron James, very famous, very, very wealthy, a well-known black man says, hey, you know, we need to do something about racial inequality. Hey, they need to arrest the officers that killed Breonna Taylor. Hey, all this racial injustice against what he said, my kind, he actually went on an NBA interview and said, hey, man, all this racial injustice perpetrated against my kind, meaning black people needs to stop. Is it his fault that someone he don't know or never met or has anything to do with shot two police officers? Ain't you tired? Ain't you tired of blaming everything on black people? Right. Le- LeBron James is symbolic for all black men. All black men who stand up and say anything against the system of white supremacy. That's really who they talking to. When these Caucasian police officers murder unarmed, innocent black people, Candace Owens don't say, well, this is because of Donald Trump. She don't say, well, this is because of, you know, Peyton Manning. Well, this is because of (laughs) any white person of notoriety that stands with law enforcement she don't say well this is because of them this is why they murder these black people because of this white person who says you know they stand with law enforcement they don't do that wouldn't dare do that because it's ridiculous but anything to justify they their anti-black hatred they'll just come out and say but ain't you tired 
Man, I mean, it's wearing me down, guys. I've been doing this podcast for well over a year now. I have been a podcast member for well over probably five years now, four or five years. Unproductive, unapologetic podcast. Um, I think we started that. No, hmm. I think we started that in 2016. This is 2020. So been potting for a while, guys. I don't do it for me. I do it for you. But I just got to ask the honest question today. And this is a show unlike any other show I've ever had. We just sitting down. We have an honest dialogue, even though I'm the only one here. I am talking to myself, but I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you, the audience. And if you feel like I feel. Subscribe, hit the like button, share the show, tell a friend. As the audio advertisement in the beginning of this broadcast told you, you can get all of my work on Amazon.com. Hypocrisy in America, the veil of white supremacy. Exodus 2035 and systematic racism and capitalism alliance of oppression written by yours truly. All of my work is available on Amazon.com. I do have a quick news break or quick news update to share with you guys before we get out of here. Short show this week. Because like the title of this show says, I'm just tired. I'm just, you know, sick of it, my damn self. But let's get into the news update real quick, guys. Patrice Lumumba. Patrice Lumumba was uh, a freedom fighter, a real black hero. Uh, he was uh, an independence leader in the Congo in the late 50, early, 50s, early 1960s. You could check out Amazon. I don't know if they still have it, but they had a really good documentary on Patrice Lumumba on Amazon Prime. Basically, what Patrice Lumumba told the European governments was, look, Africa is for Africans. If if you want the diamonds and the oil and the gold, you have to pay for it with everybody else. And he was saying this back in the 60s. He was like, this is our country. You guys don't belong here. We, we are going to control our own governments. We're going to control our, our own people. And if you want to do business with us, we can do business. But if you don't want to do business, you can get the hell out of here. Well, the Belgian government, the Belgian Secret Service, along with the CIA, they murdered Patrice Lumumba. And the only thing that survived was his teeth. I'm not making this up. You can Google this. This is from the Associated Press. Belgium to return tooth to the family of slain Congolese icon Patrice Lumumba. Independence hero Patrice Lumumba met a grisly end after his assassination in 1961. His body was dismembered and dissolved with acid in an apparent effort to keep any grave from becoming a pilgrimage site. Then the story goes that a tooth was pulled from his corpse during the effort in the middle of the night. And even that was taken from the Congo, brought home to colonizer Belgium by a man whose family then apparently kept it for more than half a century. Now a court in Belgium has cleared the way for the tooth 
presumed to be Lumumba's, to be returned home, with prosecutors announcing Thursday that it will soon be handed back to his relatives after years of lobbying efforts. Basically, the Belgium Secret Service, along with the CIA, they killed Patrice Lumumba, threw his body in acid, dissolved it, and the only thing that survived was his teeth. Okay, maybe about 20 years ago, um, ABC 2020, they did, did an interview with one of the men who was part of the Belgium Secret Service who actually had his teeth. And he told the story what happened. During this interview, I believe he actually pulled some teeth out of his pocket and was like, yeah, these are Patrice Lumumba's. Yeah, we kept them as souvenirs. So a black man that stood up for his people and and, <laughs> and, and basically told European governments that Africa is for Africans. And if you want to do business with us, you can do business, but we just not going to let you take our resources. They disposed of him. And the only thing left was his teeth. And they took those two. Took him as a trophy. And it's for the last 50 years, his family has been trying to get his teeth back from one of the evil racist men that murdered and dismembered and desecrated this man's body. And they had to go to court. <laughs> they had to go to court for 50 years in order to get his teeth, which were the only things that remained of him. In order to get his remains, they had to go to court 50 years. And they finally said, oh, okay, you can have his teeth back. But LeBron James is exciting violence against people. He's lying to young black men saying that they're they're being targeted. He's lying to young black men saying that, you know, law law enforcement is is hunting them. He's making all this up. Right? He he has no basis of saying such a thing. He has no basis of saying that a white power structure will not hesitate to kill a black man that stands up for equality. This is all just pie in the sky, right? Like this hasn't been this hasn't been happening, not just in America, but globally. Like the people in Compton don't know anything about racial discrimination. LeBron James had to teach them. The people in Compton don't know anything about police brutality. They getting all the information from LeBron James. The people in Compton don't know anything against about systematic white supremacy and being oppressed. They they just taking LeBron James word for it. This has been the unprocessed knowledge podcast. Catch you guys next time. So animated and and uh, loud and you know very into it despite having no crowd here. Um, can you just take us through what that was like and and if it mattered to you guys? Well, um, the same energy that we had on the floor is the same energy that we have towards having justice for Breonna Taylor and her family. And uh, you know that's the, that's the energy that we bring to the game.